You are listening to the SHL Talent Talks podcast, featuring conversations with experts on talent topics that help organizations win in today's dynamic business environment. Hello, and welcome to SHL Talent Talks. I'm Sarah McClellan, and I'm Managing Director for SHL's UK business. And I'm also a business psychologist, so um, have the pleasure of partnering with a number of clients across various different industries, helping solve lots of different people challenges. And today, we're delighted to be joined by Galia Rofe, who is our Head of Talent Management for the World Economic Forum. So Galia, welcome. Uh, do you want to say, say hello? Yes, absolutely. So first of all, thank you for, for having me here. It's such a, such a pleasure collaborating with you on this, uh, on this podcast. And maybe just to correct my, my, ta- my, my title, uh, for those who will search for it later, I am a talent curation manager. And the nice thing about the talent curation is that I'm facilitating talent activities and responsible for talent programs uh, here at, uh, at the forum. And at the same time, I am uh, responsible for partnering activities in, in Geneva in particular. So just for the sake of clarity, <laughs> I thought about yeah, mentioning that. Very important. And actually, a mm-hmm. um, uh, really nice link to, to some of the things that, that we wanted to talk around today. I think curation, um, obviously, is a good kind of uh, summing up of, of where things are, are heading in, in the talent world. Um, but yeah, brilliant to, to have you um, with us, Galia, and really looking forward to the conversation um, and a fascinating organisation, I'm sure, um, that, that you're working with and, and lots of very interesting people that, that you're uh, partnering with. Um, so today we wanted to have a, a conversation around the topic of talent management yeah. um, and in particular how things are, are rapidly changing, rapidly evolving and just really kind of talk around some of the experiences that we've both been having. Um, so to get us started on that broad topic, mm-hmm. um, perhaps we can explore kind of how some of those changes are are manifesting for you and I think one of the conversations we had um, earlier was around the word talent and talent management Mm -hmm. Um, and it obviously has different meanings different connotations um, to many people and also it's it's moving and evolving now but what does it mean to you right now um, the the term um, talent management yeah Uh, It's a great question. Uh, First of all, I I think I'd like to precise that uh, whatever I'm going to say in this podcast really represents my my own view and my own experiences from 15 years of accompanying several companies in the in the HR world. So that's that's great. And what I've seen is that there has been a real shift in the world in the world talent and in the world talent management as a as a combination of these two. I think what we mentioned when we had separate discussion is how the link between talents, between people who come to contribute to something bigger than themselves and institution has changed over time. Uh, We referred to some work that was done by Denise Rousseau on the the field of um, of psychological contracts, that informal link between individuals and organizations that starts in the very beginning when people just even start seeing an ad 
to, to, to join uh, a certain company and goes into their relationship that they then have with recruitment teams and then with their own teams and it evolves through onboarding experiences. And that relationship, I think, is at the basis of the changes that we see in the talent management world, in the sense that um, uh, companies are given, I think, more and more autonomy uh, to talent uh, to foresee for their own career, so to take their career into their own hands, uh, rather than taking care of them throughout the organizational experience. And there are many explanations for that. Uh, sometimes it it's accompanied by either downsizing or by difficult economic situation. So the idea, the whole idea of a talent that evolves in a career sphere over time has really diminished. And I, I've seen that even in the, in the past 15 years, really shifting around. And at the same time, it, the question around engagement, talent engagement, we heard the war of talent for, for all this time, just booming all over, um, is, is something that is very pertinent. So I think that organizations today and the functions of uh, talent management or talent enablement that we are asking ourselves is, how do we do to deal with this too? How do we empower talents to grow from within, to expand their experiences while showing that we care as an institution and, and wanting to retain them in, right? Mm -hmm. To retain our best talent in. And that's yeah. not an obvious, obvious thing to do. And um, if I may, I think that these changes have been dramatically accelerated by the recent COVID outbreak and where, where change and uncertainty have been taken to a, a completely new dimension. Mm. And, and these have just hastened these, uh, these, these phenomenons that we, we have already witnessed. What, what is your view on this, uh, my intro to this topic? Your intro, <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. fantastic. I, I, um, I, I see and, um, and agree with, with lots of, of what you're talking yeah. around. And I think, the, there's a few, a couple of concepts there that would be great mm -hmm. for us to unpack mm -hmm. a little bit. So, um, uh, talent management, I think, by kind of definition, almost it feels like it's something that's being done to you. And and actually, you talked a lot about um, the shift towards empowerment. So, actually, enabling, facilitating, curating. A lot of those words are, are, are creeping into our language and. Actually, if you think more about the history of HR from kind of personnel departments to HR to having more disciplines around talent acquisition, talent management, reward, learning, and all of these different kind of multifacets coming in. And it feels a bit like now actually what's, what's happening and what organizations and individuals are looking for is actually that, that kind of step back from it being HR owned to employee owned and, and feeling empowered and, and driving your your careers forward so enabled you know to find yeah, to absolutely. find things to explore different mm -hmm. routes different um avenues um so i think that's really fascinating and the, the the psychological contract research that you talk about um actually uh, i think is is really interesting too in a number of ways because actually i think a lot of it is the it's the unsaid and it's the assumptions that individuals are drawing and making when they are making decisions about, you know, joining a company or, as you said, like moving on in their careers. So it's yeah. those points of, of transition. Um, 
and we all as humans make assumptions and we interpret things in slightly different ways so it's kind of pulling out the the human side more and more um and as you say you know the, yeah. the pandemic in, in many ways has has created such a leveling experience for us all that that human side has has become um more uh, more prevalent more important more valued um so kind of thinking about yeah that side how have you seen things change in in how people are interacting maybe you know within your organization or in other experiences that you've had um and and i suppose you know that that link to the psychological contract feeling really um more important to you again are there are there particular things that you're drawing upon there galia yeah absolutely so um as as you were talking there were some some of them some of the concepts that came into mind was suddenly I was thinking about the burden of leadership because the, the, current, the current situation and if, if we as, as organizations want to empower people to be more autonomous, especially now more than ever in a virtual context where communication becomes so important, connectivity to others, the way that we manage our communities, whether it is our own direct reports, whether it is partners, business partners, uh, have, has also shifted massively. Mm -hmm. And I think that if there is any investment that we can think of in the space of talent enablement as opposed to talent management, mm -hmm. it would be how do we at the same time give leaders in organization the ability to be co-facilitators of talent, um, to help people open up their own network and see what are the development opportunities from within very openly to understand that while we want to retain talent, we don't possess it anymore. It is a talent for the organization, for teams, but teams across. And even I would say um, several practices that I know that are done even, even at the forum, um, even questions of seconding talent for between organizations. So it's the talent share concept that I've also heard from companies like the Google and, and IBM yeah. uh, who are using that in the sense that because we don't own talent, but actually by facilitating development opportunities even outside the organization, we are retaining them in because people see that they still continue evolving and they see career opportunities and they know that in one way or another, there is an investment that was made to them, to their career, to something that was bigger than only the offering that we are currently containing within within the organization. So that's something, that's a practice that I wanted to share from what yeah. I've seen around that I found very, very interesting. It's the concept of talent share. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's um, a, a really exciting concept. And the also I think the concept of a talent marketplace, that's one that's being used more and more Absolutely. in the, with you know individuals having roles in driving their own careers managers as facilitators enablers hr perhaps as as curators exactly. and more and more linking the role of hr and talent management to the the broader transformation that the organization is is trying to achieve because we're we're forever transforming um and i think i i also think there's a a concept here around actually our ecosystems so actually you know being ever as you say kind of it. ever connected um but not just 
internally but externally too um and that i think could be a real shift and obviously we see yeah as you say that some of those um bigger um enterprise organizations starting to make moves towards how can we enable the transfer of skills and talent um there was quite a lot actually across when the pandemic first um, mm -hmm. first mm -hmm. hit of organizations mm -hmm. saying, actually, we've got individuals with these skills, but unfortunately we can't use them. There are opportunities in our organization. Is there a, a connection that, that we can facilitate? Um, so that, yeah, that concept of an ecosystem is sort of coming into its own and, and the organizations are, are living and breathing in their own right. So they don't necessarily need the, tight constraints and the um you know the, the rule the rules and the, and the and the kind of guidelines but actually what they need is to be enabled to to grow and um you know facilitated um growth i, I suppose is, is sort of where we're we're moving towards and you had a really nice phrase there around talent enablement um and talent share so thinking about the actual name for talent management is that the kind of direction you think we should be moving in uh, yeah, I think I think that it's um, it's something that first of all I have to say I really appreciate that you mentioned the talent ecosystem because uh, I I do see see ourselves as a platform and in this platform we have a role to play and the role as you rightfully mentioned I'm, I'm fully aligned with you that it's a facilitative role a curative role uh, rather than an imposed role or something that is too dogmatic or too too strict to only what we have within the the organization um, let me maybe maybe from my perspective you, you mentioned some examples that i was really keen on hearing more of that were related to the talent uh, talent market and do you see do you see this practice as something that is sustainable from your perspective in the in the long run is, is it really the future of of what we are directing to given the current context that we're in what great question yeah. yeah is it is it the future um yeah. um i think so and i hope so because i think um if it's around it's around diversity really mm -hmm. you know if mm -hmm. we're getting mm -hmm. i think you know we we've all probably been in scenarios where um we we find ourselves thinking the same way or we're reverting to a a, a way that we've done something before um, and everyone does that and so we need these moments of um challenge of diversity of of thought of view of, of experience and so yes. mm -hmm. actually to keep organizations advancing and growing building those bridges between those those connections i think will be really advantageous um i suppose it's interesting from an individual point of view mm -hmm. of what that means so if you, if you think now that the rate of change is so rapid so We've talked, we've talked a lot about um, experiencing the next revolution um, and it really feels like now we are experiencing that um, but actually that means from an individual point of view there's a rate of change that, that we need to sustain so I think there's, there's also a um, you know you, you talked about um, psychological contracts of, yeah. of people um, mm -hmm, finding mm -hmm. opportunities to learn new skills well what if I learn a skill from my employer 
am I from a psychological point of view kind of in debt to that employer yes. or actually am I um, if there's a link with another um, organization does that mean I could go and apply that elsewhere um, and I suppose it, it takes us in a uh, another kind of direction of asking questions around purpose of you know organizations very often are um, very um, very kind of single focus on well our you know our profitability um, satisfying shareholders and and there is also I think this other shift that's happening around that ecosystem having multiple outcomes that we need to satisfy and I've read quite a lot recently about that change um, so so different types of stakeholders that, that we need to consider and, and obviously employees being a huge part of that and the experiences that we can create and, and curate for those individuals um, so so there's a real kind of evolution I think happening through the need um, to keep pace, to keep relevance, yes, yes, uh, to remain yes. competitive, um, but also from an individual, you've got to keep, you, you've got to do that too. So, um, so facilitating those connections, finding opportunities to learn, and actually, you know, sometimes letting go yes, of, yes. Uh, you've got a great star employee, but actually realizing that they could be, they could um, uh, achieve more for themselves personally and the business somewhere else so that the kind of talent hoarding and hanging on to people actually we've got to enable the, the whole to, to to flourish but I think it's quite hard because as humans very hard mm -hmm. yeah we, we mm -hmm. often we're hanging on to um, well I want to achieve I want to be successful I want my team to be the best so um, you know there's some metrics and things that, that probably need to catch up um, on that side um, and I, I don't know whether you've sorry yeah, go on, no 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 it's funny that you say that because I'm, I'm taking notes as we speak to to keep keep the thread and and one of the things that I was writing was exactly about that is about the readiness both of institutions to take the step because it's a risk to take the step of, of offering these very open market possibilities and at the same time uh, let me know what you think but I, I, I get the sense that the current uncertainty of the environment actually makes people want to retrench to what they have because what they have is also something that that they know of and that gives them maybe a bigger sense of security yeah. and in this case in this case even if you would offer something that goes so much outside would that scare people off because they would prefer holding on to what they have to their current roles or to current opportunities um i'm, I'm thinking especially in the in the current current days that we are that we are going through and um, so this openness or readiness, both from talent side to just open up to experiences and organizations to do the same. Oh, I, I have, it's difficult to get out the crystal ball. I don't get the sense that we are immediately there, but it's, it's, it's really emerging. It's an emerging mm. concept that will keep on evolving. Um, however, we, we were also touching base on some very interesting learning and development opportunities. You were mentioned that that can be evolving from within. Mm. And yeah. Yeah. One, one other concept that we can put at play in that we want to give people more autonomy and more agency to craft perhaps their own roles. They, they are the first ones to be in the forefront, in the first line of seeing how their role evolve. So can we, as companies, be very flexible 
in assisting them crafting new jobs mm -hmm. within that maybe create other needs or develop different innovative ideas. Yeah. Can we keep this flexibility as opposed to a role that you are hired to and then growing to another position, becoming vacant over time? Also question mark as, as a practice that can evolve from within as opposed mm. to practices that go outside the organization. Yeah, when you when you develop within and when you buy talent in as, as you know, per se, and um, also I think there's a lot there that that talks to culture as well and kind of the enabling factors and um it it, it makes me think of kind of yeah. a, quite a few conversations i've had with leaders and, and hr professionals around you know wanting to achieve change um but actually many people reflecting that what they've actually focused on the wrong things so um i spoke quite recently with a, a leader in a financial services organization um, and they said uh, the thing is you know we really need to shift our focus more towards um, innovation we're just not very creative we've got to be able to become more creative so they, they kind of set a target around creativity and um, you know talking about it a lot um, but their reflection was actually things didn't didn't massively shift very quickly and it was really because they hadn't really tapped into the enablers of that so you know the 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 actual cultural factors so what is what's preventing someone from um making suggestions or for for challenging ideas in a constructive way um and really it's it's because they they didn't feel safe to do that so actually i, I think quite often it's it's the small steps that that we can take um around Absolutely. how we work the cultural side um creating a, a feeling of safety and that you know if you put your hand up and say something that you're not going to get um shot down for challenging something so very often i think we, we kind of we are we jump to the outcome that we want to achieve and, and actually need to rewind a bit so so to your point around um you know um uh, will we be able to is it the future in being able to build those broader ecosystems mm -hmm. um then i think it's the small steps that that will enable that and the support to try something um and uh, whilst i i agree with uh, what you said earlier around people reverting to mm -hmm. what's in your comfort zone mm -hmm. actually i think the other the posit real positive of the last few months and the experiences we've all had is that it's turned everything on its head so we um, we almost have a really unique opportunity to to reset some of our ways of working the, the cultural um, aspects um, yeah. Uh, and, and also we've got to think about how we look after people and, and teams and, and enable authenticity, um, it, you know, in people bringing, bringing their whole self to work and, and feeling that they can um, share that so that, so that we're, we're nurturing that, that broader um, diversity of thought and, and input. Um, but are there, are there cultural changes that you've noticed in, in how, how your organization is, is working? Hmm. So, um, first thing that I noticed is a shift in the world, in the world culture, because uh, we are used to when, when you're, you were talking about culture, I could immediately see all the numerous and maybe my colleagues right now that, that share with me this thinking in the HR world feel the same. 
I was seeing the endless discussions that we used to have around values and around how they shift and around what are the cultural premises of X, Y organization. I think um, there was also an expectation at one point that you fit to a culture. Uh, I'm giving you maybe my six, five, six values that will enable you to see whether there you would fit in that type of environment. And what we see is that the notion of culture like this, the, like this, this statue that is there in front of every organization, very rigid, is also changing because today I think we're talking more about um, companies' identity rather than uh, culture. And in the word identity, I think you would find another concept that we mentioned before, it's people self-expression, is the authenticity, is the ability of individuals to influence change, to be change, but also to influence change, to influence ideas in the organization. Um, I find the, the, the concept of identity more interesting because it gives you the flexibility to incorporate that individual self-expression. But again, again, maybe it's only my interpretation. The word culture is resonates in my mind as something very imposed. Now, now, did did the cultural experience as we faced it today and building culture was it really a successful one in people's retain, retention and engagement? Question mark. Yeah. Really? yeah. It's interesting because it yeah. is culture. Yeah, it's the. I think there's the the concept of um, is culture something that you that you just want to maintain that you want mm -hmm, to you mm -hmm, know mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. keep static and because that's yes. the way we do things or actually is it something that uh, we need to keep real tabs on and and have almost kind of health warnings around you know, things are occurring here that mean we might have to we might have to look at the because it impacts everything you know how decisions are made whether people are progressing in the organization who we hire um as you say you know if you're not fitting the values that we have today um is that a good thing or a bad thing you know there, there's a there's a different different perspectives um on that um and 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 kind of comes back to the the fluid nature so it, it's a it's a it's a measure in that moment of how things are working and a lever that we can pull but it can be quite hard to to obviously um initiate um cultural change um so uh, and i think there's one area i'd like to come back to yes. um galia that i think would be interesting mm -hmm. um for us to explore a bit more is is you talked earlier and, and we've talked previously around this notion of of authenticity mm -hmm. and in particular for leaders um mm -hmm. so for leaders and you know throughout the last well throughout this year now really um being there's always almost being a raw component that has been exposed because we're all human we're all going through this and that kind of leveling um experience um what do you think that means for mm. our, our leaders yeah. or, or you as a leader moving forward you know how, how do you think that's going to shape the next evolution of 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 leadership wow <laughs> big question <laughs> <laughs> Do you have another hour? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, very, very good question. 
um, the, to me, the concept of, of authentic leadership, and this is really, I, I like it that you turn it also to me as a leader. What, what does it mean to me particularly? So to me, this notion of, of authentic leadership is um, basically thinking, finding my way to influence while keep being myself with my somehow my own value, who I bring, my, my own experience, my own, yes, cultural experience, um, my previous working experience, the good and the bad all together, but in a way that is both respectful and adaptable to my current environment. And it's almost when, just when you asked me this question, one thing that came up very strongly is finding, finding that internal voice that when we are conveying as leaders to others, whether it is change, whether it is any one of our, any things of our, of our programs, when we are creating or facilitating anything for employees internally, is how do we, we remain very truthful to our own message while thinking about um, the, the future of our own company, the, the, the history of our own company, how, how can we represent both sides? I'm, I'm constantly thinking about it also in my role every day to reconcile and to keep our own opinion and, and deliver very straightforward messages while being able to still represent uh, the organizations in which we are in. And yeah. I'm not sure that I answered your question very clearly, but I think that what I'm trying to say is that it's a permanent balance that we are have the responsibility to at least question ourselves on a daily basis. Have I managed that? Was, was I on both fronts? Or am I more frustrated because something came out more strongly than the other? Yeah. So how do I balance these, these forces within myself? And if you don't mind, just before we, we, we wrap up, maybe let me ask this question to you as well. What does it mean to you, this authentic leadership? Mm. I really, I, and yeah, I really like your um, discussion there of the of a leader having needing to represent the past, the present, and the future. I think I, I like that. It's nice because absolutely, absolutely, you do. Um, what does it mean to me? Um, I think actually. So there was um, there was a, a piece of research that that is now mm -hmm. really old it's well really old it's about 20 years old yeah, um yeah. and it and it is about um the authentic leader and it was mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. uh, you know quite a big piece at the time and i think it's really coming back into uh into the fore now in terms of what we're experiencing and a lot of that research talked about um leaders uh, being able to build connection through um, exposing some some of their own vulnerabilities um, so you know showing humility yeah. I'm, I can't do everything I you know I haven't experienced everything I'm not the, the be all and end all um, and can really show um, uh, and 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 show sort of genuine empathy um, which I think is it's great that actually that is a a skill is a trait that is coming back with a vengeance because we've all had to show um, empathy and we've all had conversations that previously perhaps we would have been uncomfortable with in our work context um, because we've had to because yeah our lives are, have changed so so significantly um, and also the other part in this research said that 
leaders understand what their an authentic leader really understands what their uniqueness is about so what's unique um, about them yeah, uh-huh, yeah and they yes, they yes. use that as a strength and then they you know acknowledge where the gaps are and, and bring in others so yeah so so for me i think um i really hope that forward looking there is that opportunity we take this opportunity forward to um be more human first in how we respond so you know acknowledging um where we where we have doubts and and we have and we have concerns where we where we don't have all of the answers um and being prepared you know bringing our own our own personalities um to work because i think it, it can only do good uh and and as you say around you know culture actually um do we want everybody the same no because we need the power of of the whole and and the collective to to drive us forward so um that's certainly that's something that i've um tried to kind of more consciously think about with um my in my role my and and with my team and and also have seen our clients uh, consciously thinking about how could we make that that kind of next step towards um, initiating some change and obviously diversity inclusion is a big big topic so uh, there, there seems to be a lot a lot more appetite um, but really big we've covered um, wow yes covered a lot there Galia some big big topics and um, I think you know some some really good takeaways I guess for um, people listening to to think about but what what would be your suggestion right now in terms of you know things to think about things to to be chewing over um for um people in talent management roles in hr roles or even in in leadership roles around uh, talent management and managing people yeah um great wrap-up question uh the the notion i think the notion of of management is such gives you the impression that you must be in control in control of your talent, in control of the situation. And what the recent crisis has shown us is that it's all but that, because we cannot control anything and and leaders are even facing situations where they don't even have answers to what's going to happen next. And you still have to lead and you still have to show direction. And I think that this is how our role is evolving as well. our role as facilitators and of cure, as curators of people's uh, talent from from within uh, will be one where there's going to be a lot of letting go. There's going to be a lot of letting go to give people the space to explore for themselves what are the best options, and at the same time thinking about expanding the offering of what we have to the maximum so that people can see what best works for themselves, helping them to get the answers that they already are aware of or knowing of in terms of what are their next steps? What is the best learning opportunity for them? We, we are not necessarily there to provide a checkbox catalog, but rather to open doors, open networks, show possibilities. This is how I, how I would I would see the the role mostly evolving, and it's also an advice that I would give in terms of uh, looking at things for I think for a better better future. Thank you, thank you, Gali. I love that. So letting go, learning, um, becoming facilitators, becoming curators, as your as your job title already <laughs> suggests. Um, uh, but yeah, really uh, some great food for thought. And thank you so much for joining us, Gali. It's been a pleasure, and um, enjoyed pleasure. the conversation. Looking forward for next time. Thank you so much.
Thank you. Thanks for listening to the SHL Talent Talks podcast. To learn more about our work helping organizations attract and select candidates and identify and grow leaders, please visit shl.com. 